This is The M Word, a Studio 52 production, hosted by Ben Earl. Hello everyone, here we are. This is episode 23 of The M Word. I know it's been a while, I've said that many times before. Uh, but yeah, I just haven't done one of these in a while. But I'm, I'm looking forward to doing this one. There's a number of things to talk about, uh, including the fact that... Uh, well, at some stage I'll get onto it, which is that uh, I've encountered a sociopath or a psychopath lately, for real. And it's put me in a mood. I and mean, they say psychopaths are cold-hearted and sociopaths are hot-headed, so maybe it's a sociopath. Definitely a narcissist, a deluded, selfish individual. I'm going to try to be positive. I'm going to be positive. I'll get onto that in a bit. Um, <clears throat> but before we do that, um, I shall also... I'll talk about, you know, I've got notes in front of me because I have no idea what I've been up to. It's so long since I've done a podcast that I thought I would just write some notes down, so I have to refer to some of those. I'm going to talk about Inside Out the book, thank you notes, and also the event we have coming up um, with Guy Hollingworth this weekend on the uh, <clears throat> 21st and 22nd of August. For those that are listening to this at some point in the future, that event has gone and uh, it will kind of be recorded and available, but I'll talk about, about that as well. So yeah, a number of things. How are we all doing? We all good? I do miss doing these. I do miss doing these, but there is something very tricky about doing a podcast with no live audience. It is something I've talked about before in the past. I haven't figured it out yet. In amongst kind of trying to, you know, run the stuff that's going at Studio 52, write books, produce stuff, do all this stuff. It's kind of the, the, the podcast is one of those things that I really want to do and talk about more often. It's just finding a way to do it that feels right. And at the moment, um, I still can't figure that out. So when the impulse takes me at the moment, I'm doing it. <clears throat> but because obviously it's not paid for and, you know, there's no commitments have been put out, then it doesn't really matter. But it's fine. But I do enjoy doing it. So let's go back to the beginning of these notes and have a look what I've written. So, um, what has happened in the last few months? Oh, I've been double jabbed. I put that note down a while ago. Um, <clears throat> I tell you what it was with the with the jab um, vaccination. Um, I mean, look, anyone that is talking about this vaccination nonsense, the anti-vaxxers, seriously, seriously, I don't care if someone wants to come at me. Seriously, get your head in the right place. Don't be stupid. There's no government conspiracy. Anti-vax nonsense. Someone's gonna gonna send me a whole load of. Um, research that they've done on Twitter, probably. But look, I don't want to hear it. Anyway, um, go get yourself vaccinated. Um, <clears throat> I remember having it done. I did try and act all cool. I'm not scared of needles or vaccines or anything, but there's that part of you, or well, me, certainly. The moment they're just about to put it in, I'm a bit like, oh, oh I'm just going to act brave. I mean, I was brave. I was brave. Of course. I'm a grown man. I was fine. But there's a little bit of me that's a bit like, mm, I don't want to die of COVID. They're putting a little bit of that in my body. Just a little bit, um, but it was fine. The anti-vaxxers have got something to jump onto now. Anyway, but I was a bit scared. I just don't like the idea of a substance like that in me. Anyway, I did treat myself to a McDonald's on the way home for being a brave boy. Yep, so that happened. What else has happened? Other things have happened. Um, sporting things have happened. The Olympics have happened. Um, I don't understand the Olympics. I don't understand it anymore. I talked about this on one of the um, hangouts we did the other week. Honestly, there's a part of me now, maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but seriously, just people running, that's all they do their whole life. They just run in that line or they just throw that javelin. That's all they do all day, every day. I just train and train and then the whole country goes, yeah, you did really well every four years or they come forth and you go, man, was it really worth it all for that? You know? 
I mean, the thing I struggle with is I would just be bored, cosmically bored, unbelievably cosmically bored. If that's all I did, you know, imagine just doing the javelin, right? Which, by the way, I did when I was at school. But but let's say you go, right, see this little bit here? You run up here, and then you chuck that spear as far as you can down that field, right? That's what you do. What, any other variants? Nope. Do I get tackled? Nope. No tackling. There's nothing. There's no, you're not impeded in any way. No one's going to stop you throwing that spear. You do it. <clears throat> okay. I'll throw it as far as I can. I do so. Well done. You came in sixth. Great. Just took four years of training for that. I don't know. It's not, I am not in any way criticizing the idea of the games. I just question the motives of the people in them. I would be cosmically born. I really would be. And there's also part of me that always thinks back to Rome, this idea of like, you know, the 100, day, 100 um, days of games just to keep the masses happy. There's always part of me with that with the Olympics. I'm just like, this is just to keep everyone happy when it's kind of a bit dull. I'd rather watch Netflix. <laughs> I, I'm probably being outrageously bad, but it's a bit boring, isn't it? Maybe as I've got older, it's, it's all the sports. I'm just bored by all of them now. I use sports as a metaphor a lot of the time when talking about magic as kind of means of playing with different training methods and ways of thinking about attention and perception, which is very useful as a metaphor. But I in, I just don't care about any of them anymore. I'm just like, man, you've got these rules and you can't step out of these rules and someone has to win. It's inevitable that someone will win. And there's nothing really going to happen that's exciting outside of what we expect to happen, really. There's just something deeply, deeply, profoundly boring about it. Maybe I'll change. I don't know. Oh, come on, seriously, what are you doing? Hammer throwing. If you're hammer throwing, what do you do? That's all you do is just do that spin around and around and just let go of this thing. Just let go of it. <laughs> you spin around very fast and just let go. That's what you do. There's no one tackling you. It'd be much better if you had, like, the hammer throwing or the javelin or whatever, but you had, like, two teams, one either side of your... Shut up, computer. Two teams, one either side of each other, and you were, like, throwing javelins at each other and you had to dodge them. I mean, there's at least a chance of someone getting speared, which would probably go back to the original kind of games. Yeah. The idea of the games, at least. Anyway, I don't know. I don't need to get stuck on that, Ben. That was one note that I put about... I just put Olympics. That's it. I don't need to do that. What else have we done in the last few months? Or I done circle lecture. I did a lecture at the Magic Circle, which was great. I did a lecture for a Paris convention, Magic Dream, which was great. Um, it used that um, computer city madness. I forget what it's called now. Gather Town or something. It was really cool. I loved it. It was good fun. Um, what else have I done? I did an article for Magic Scene. It's the kind of first... Um, Spread, like article thing I've done, front cover and inside spread stuff. I've always felt really weird about doing that stuff. It's nice, it's flattering, and everyone else thinks that's really nice. Like my wife or family, people are like, oh gosh, that's, that's really lovely. I'm kind of cosmically embarrassed by doing a magazine cover. I wish I was one of those people that was just like, wants to shout me, 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 me all the time. But I'm in this weird position in life where I find myself having to be at the front of stuff, putting my face and name all over things because it's what I'm doing. But there's part of me, the English person in me, that doesn't want to do it. Um, so, you know, I don't know. 
there's something really embarrassing about being on the front page of a magazine. No matter how good the picture looks or what's said or how positive, it doesn't matter. The whole thing was brilliant, brilliantly put together. They did a great job. It was great. I've got zero complaints apart from my internal one, which is that I just find the whole thing cringeworthy, whatever the word is. It's cringing it somewhere. Um, I just find the whole thing very, very difficult to deal with. It's why I've never done one until that moment. And even then, I felt like it was different because I could talk about Studio 52. I could talk about something else. It felt like it was more of an advertising platform than it was me just talking about me. At any other point in the past, had I done one, it would have just been a pure ego thing. And that's why I'd never done one. So at least this time, I could kind of soften the blow by the fact that I felt that it was good because we could kind of open up to uh, to a, a new audience. And it just felt better. I don't know what I'm saying. <clears throat> I, I kind of, I'm weirdly obsessively driven, but I don't really know what for. I just have to keep doing stuff and keep moving forward. I just find the notion of doing that and have finding a challenge within that somewhere um, ever present. You know, I'm always trying to do something new or something for the first time or something challenging, always. Otherwise, I'm bored, instantly bored. Um, once I start something, I finish, but I just... I'm, I'm trying to find a way to be challenged in the process. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, also, what else is there? Uh, what have I written a note on there? Uh, oh, yeah, we're thinking about doing some merchandise stuff. I quite like the idea of it, just so that I don't have to ever think about T-shirts and stuff again. <laughs> That's my main reason. Um, they're great, yes. All the merch is here for everyone, and also so I never have to go to the shops and try on a T-shirt again. Um, so we're going to be thinking about that. Uh, there's a load of different things I want to do with that. Uh, what else is there? Oh, yeah, Inside Out, the book. So Inside Out, um, the book took a long time to come out because we had a major load of issues with the COVID um, the, uh, the production, the pub, pub, uh, publishing house, which had staff reductions, and so therefore they were backlogged with loads of jobs, of which ours kept getting pushed back. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it was very, very tricky to deal with. Um, you know, lots of people kind of saying, when's it out? And we were like, well, we it's been submitted. <laughs> like, this, we're just waiting. So that was tricky. But that was fine. Eventually that was dealt with and that came out. And uh, really super happy with the results. I mean, it's the most proud I've been of a book that I've done in a, by a long way. Um, and there's so many details that are going on in that. I mean, the whole point in that book was for me to try and write stuff from the experience of the audience to try and show how you can reframe um oh, there's a weird sound what's that sound hound oh it's just someone deciding to hoover next oh never mind if you just imagine it's a bee it's friendlier um plus there's the ever-present threat of me being stung imagine that um go away little bee um what was i saying Jesus. Oh, yes. So the the whole point was to write it from that perspective. So an amazing amount of effort was put in into so many details in that book that I was basically, because I don't really consider that I've written a book unless I have written it, designed it, laid it out, like had all the concepts where I think a lot of people, if they were to write a book, they just kind of submit a Word document to a publisher's or a magic company, and then it kind of becomes a book at some point in the future. For me, I have to do every single part of it, which means I have to know how to design stuff and lay stuff out. It has to be edited and blah, 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 blah. I mean, obviously, I get someone else, Sarah Star, obviously edits or copy edits. You know, always have to have someone else copy edit your stuff because there would just be mistakes you don't see. But anyway, so I'm incredibly proud of the results because what the a large part of the intention behind it was to 
was to basically write from a first-person perspective. So it's written from the first person. So one of the big transformations is that as you're reading through, you can start taking ownership for the material in a different way. And so it's, instead of it telling you what to do, it's saying, I now do this so that you can become that person. At the same time, we have these illustrations, which on the left side of this page of, of the beginning chapters, which are there to kind of symbolically represent what that's about, creating this kind of creative feel. So the very first time you start reading an effect, it starts in the context of a story, a real true life story, something that has happened to me or occurred to me or the formation of the effect, it's real. And they're intentionally non-professional engagements. They're ones that have happened in the real world, ones that have organically arisen. And I intentionally chose experiences of those effects that had completely different rhythms. So some of them are kind of like, have a bit of anger from me or some kind of weirdness or some of them is kind of me taking the piss out of a mate or another is a kind of a really interesting kind of almost cliched um, summer's evening or they've all got very very different um, kind of origin stories or or textures and basically as you read the very first time you start reading method and effect emerge out of a context and that is done so whilst giving you a first-person perspective as you read. Now, because when you very first start that, you have this, this symbol or image on the left, that similar symbol or image also creates a creative feel. And all of those illustrations were done first time. So I didn't practice them or do lots of variations. I just did the very first thing that I wanted to do with the first attempt, that's what it was. So it had that kind of immediate creative flow mixed with this context and that's the very first time you start reading that then as you go through the images are intentionally designed to have no external context so they don't have they're all black everything emerges from blackness <clears throat> so it becomes dreamlike um, and we shot them through crystals and through glass so we'd get these light refractions and reflections and abstractions uh, through the lens so again it had that kind of slightly dream-like mystical quality so that was a major part of the idea in there was to create this kind of dreamlike stuff no external context just stuff emerging out of the ether so, uh, images and ideas that kind of stimulated thought and thinking and made you project onto them kind of illustrations that created that kind of creative feel and then the in, the initial kind of um, introduction gave a context and one that was authentic and, and again that whole thing had to be written from first person perspective um, so an incredible amount of time and effort and energy went into the kind of um, conception of that as well as then the delivery of that and it's an incredibly difficult thing to lay out a book in that way to make sure that every single one starts with the same layout so that you not only have a, a level of confidence as you read through that you've got this kind of structure that you're within but it's very difficult to make sure that you have that happen every time because obviously when you write each chapter ends with a different amount of text so it becomes an very a very kind of um, a self-imposed obstacle to try and get every single thing to have this kind of illustration mixed with this kind of nice clean tight page on the right side very very difficult to do and then I had to find the right type of quotes which took me almost two days just a three or four days in fact I had loads of notes over the months I was doing it but just to kind of lay all those out correctly and decide how they're going it's just a huge amount of effort and attention to detail that went into that um, and so the whole thing is then to situate all of that material in the minds of the spectator so that, that basically it becomes more about the experience of them rather than you showing them something. So what happens is it's, it's material they can take ownership and responsibility for. Um, it just basically creates a really different form of reading experience. Um, and that was my intention was to try and create that to try and create a book that felt magical as you were reading it and then have material that you could genuinely use I mean that material I've been using to 
slay layman with for years and it's kind of to me it felt it didn't feel right to give it a kind of dry description and just start immediately with blah 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 here's the effect so i wanted to be basically be able to have this uh much more kind of a dreamlike quality to how they were done um also people have asked me a lot about the symbol that's on the front of the book it's every letter of inside out the every letter i-n-s-i-d-e-o-u-t or contained in one glyph in one kind of almost like a magical symbol uh, and again it's this idea of having all these things inside that are bursting to come out all these things that, have, that I was kind of writing this throughout lockdown that I kind of wanted to go from inside this book out into the world um, and so it was a really kind of um, a super enjoyable um, experience to kind of put together I'm incredibly proud of the results and the way in which those things turned out I'm just flicking through some of it now uh, I mean so many of these effects have just got so many little touches and bits and pieces in them that took me so long to figure out um and they work there's no question about <laughs> this these are not things that uh you know i kind of thought up and then quickly put in print these are things that have um i don't just don't do, i don't know how to do that these are things that have been tried and tested and so yeah inside out the book is out and just a huge uh, response from people that are really enjoying it and and to me it's kind of like when people really enjoy it that's great um i love it it's great it's lovely but if they don't enjoy it that's okay too because to me it's like not everyone can but to me it's like it's more important how i feel about it and what it represents to me and what i was trying to do with the book you know so i suppose it's like doing an album it's kind of like what you need to do is make sure that you're happy with the album that you do you know how well it does or its commercial success is a sideline but you know it's a nice bonus if things go well but it kind of doesn't really matter and it's kind of kind of funny because we had some people that um there was a, one review in particular gave it a very negative slant completely misunderstood every single element of it in spades which was absolutely hilarious <laughs> um and i felt like saying that's okay it's okay if you do not like it but um you know it's like me not i don't particularly like radiohead right i just don't i can understand they're a good band but i just don't like them but what i don't do is every time radiohead release a new album is get that album and then say look once again another album from radiohead i hate <laughs> You just say, hey, man, maybe you don't like my stuff. If you don't like my stuff, that's fine. That's fine. You just don't have to keep doing it. But the irony is, is that they gave this kind of um, bad review of it, and then uh, it made it sell out. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. So it's uh, it's sold out. Although by the time someone's listening to this, it might not be. We might have done another print run. I'm sure we will. Well, we have to. So, But, yeah, so um, I'm really glad. Huge amount. We had probably the biggest. It's been our biggest selling product, and we've had the biggest response to it from everyone, and mass number of emails and positive messages from people kind of loving it and so it's been it genuinely means a lot um you know it, I, I kind of try and treat positive and negative stuff in the same way that honestly the way it is i think when someone is really positive and sends a message and says they love the stuff or they're using it or you know blah blah whatever it is it really means a lot to me because i'm like oh that's so good because i know what that feeling is when i've read something that i really love and back in the day when i grew up there was no real way of contacting that person and letting them know and so when that happens it's great for us and it, i i know what that feeling's like and so i'm so happy that that stuff has kind of gone through in that way but when someone doesn't it's fine i don't mind at all it's uh, because it doesn't change how I feel about what it is and what my design and drive was, especially when they misunderstand. But that that really is um, it's 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 perfectly fine. But I say that we've it's literally been I would say ninety nine point nine percent unbelievably and overwhelmingly positive, and um, yeah, I just I can't I kind of I'm really grateful really to everyone love, loving it, and um, I'm really happy with it. Um, you know, I think that every project I try to 
make my best. And the next one, I'm working on a few projects at the moment, um, which I'm uh, hoping um, will turn out in the way that I want. Um, some really interesting, interesting little things. Uh, a very new type of approach to, to a few of them. And I'm being too cryptic. But um, yeah, so anyway, thanks to all those of you that did actually buy the book um, and sent us those positive reviews. It really means a tremendous amount. And like I said, that material in that thing is not just light material. That is material that I've been slaying laymen and actually magicians with for, for many years. And um, it was just really nice to finally kind of put those things in print in that way and write that type of book where the whole point was to collect everything around this idea of experience where you, it's really about giving them that experience rather than just watching you do something clever. And I, I, I wanted to wait until I could kind of put together something that had that overarching narrative. And so, yeah, I'm really, really happy with the results. And again, massive thanks to Sarah Stott for doing the copy editing on that. An incredible job, um, you know, basically making me sound better um, than I actually am uh, because I can often write like an absolute moron. And so she made me sound uh, 10 times better. So, um, you know, if you read any of it and go, oh, smart observation, Benjamin, you can say, well, it wasn't as smart <laughs> until now, until Sarah had her way with it. And uh, that was brilliant. So, yeah, thank you so much to Sarah. Thanks to Henry White for uh, actually the production management of that and sorting all the behind the scenes stuff out, making it actually happen. Um, which is fantastic, and so yeah, it's uh, yeah, really, really big thanks to, to all those people as well. Anyway, enough about that. What else is there? Um, <clears throat> uh, blah blah blah. I could talk about the sociopath. I've, yeah, I won't go into too much detail. But this is a person that's not in the magic world, right? It's not someone in the magic world, right? It's not my wife or someone like that or my immediate family. It's a person that I know outside of the magic world that um, has just disappointed me more than honestly than anyone else I've ever known. Um, I couldn't have tried to help this person more than, than anyone I ever have. And support, help, understanding, patience. Um, and this person just basically took utter advantage and took the piss in a way that... If I, if I told you the way, I just... I don't really want to go into it because um, that person will never listen to this. But there's even a part of me now that wants to have a certain level of respect where I don't want to go into some of the details about it and kind of like start mudslinging even though this person is an utter narcissistic sociopath, um, unbelievably selfish, unbelievably self-centered, delusional, to, to and it's like most of those people, they don't even know they're doing it. But it's very difficult when you meet someone like that because they, it's not, it, they're not, they don't make that known. They don't walk up to you and go, hello, I'm a sociopath and I shall pretend and lie in every way to represent something else. But I'm also a massive coward and I also won't tell you these other things that I'm doing. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm also, <laughs> I'm despicable in many ways. And um, I shall uh, basically just uh, take full advantage in every way possible and just kind of make it look as if I care. And I'll also do so while slagging everyone else off and uh, being massively judgmental about everyone in life so I can feel better about myself. Yeah, that's what I'll do all day until you get to a point where you can take it no more. Um, and so I've had that in my life. But it's a, it's a horrible feeling because on the one hand, I want to strangle this person. The kind of the, the kind of mammal within me wants to do that. The kind of human bit, I suppose, or whatever it is, the monkey part of me or whatever. Whereas the kind of Taoist in me is kind of like, listen, <laughs> it is all just the same awareness arising. You know, you don't exist. This person doesn't exist. 
It just happened. But then, you know, there's part of me wants to be calm about it. And I realize that it's my fault. It's my responsibility, you know, for me to allow that to happen to me, I suppose, in a way. Um, but, um, yeah, it's really hurt. It's really, really hurt. I, I can't even begin to tell you. And I've met a lot of assholes, a lot of people like that in my life. This is the biggest by a long way. And yet I've never met anyone that is is almost more self-righteous or believes of themselves themselves what a great person they are. It's unbelievable. And, um, yeah, I might go into it more in detail one day, possibly. But it is just a, a level of unbelievable stuff. But it's just hard. It's hard when you meet people like that because you think, surely you couldn't possibly do that. No person could act in that way. You know, I mean, I couldn't act in that way to people I don't like. Let alone someone that's supposed, supposedly... Um, a friend, you know, anyway. Oh, don't worry, I'm okay, people. Don't start sending... I'm not saying this for some cry to help. I don't need any... Are you okay? Right, I get it, kind of you. I don't, I'm fine. But, you know, if anything, I like it because it teaches me a lesson. I've got to kind of be harder in some cases and I've got to not be... You know, I look at myself as being weak enough to allow it to happen. So, I, But I won't let that happen again. But it's just, um, oh, God, I can't begin to tell you. Combination of unbelievable disappointment and extreme anger at, at the just the wretched nature of this individual. Just disgust, disgusting. Um, anyway, enough, Benjamin. Positivity. Um, ding. Gone. Dealt with. That was my therapy. Um, what else is there? In more positive news, let's look at the notes and see if I can get off that. Because I, I, could, I could talk for another 20 minutes about it. You can probably tell. You don't need to hear me r rambling on about this stupid, selfish, unbelievably twattish nar narcissist in my life. It was also sneaky, by the way. Unbelievably sneaky and lying about stuff. And it, no, Ben! Ding! Boom! Come back. Come back into the room. There we go. <clears throat> ah. Oh, I've just looked at a note that says, Total sociopath and self... <laughs> oh, I, I've seen a note that I've written down. I got a cat. There we go. I can get out now. I can get out, Ben. You found your route out. There we go. Another day. I'll save it for another day, listeners. Maybe lives. I'll, I'll probably talk about this live. Um, but uh, I got a cat. Yeah, his name's Jasper. Oh. So um, bonus points for those that know why Jasper, maybe. Named after a magician. Um, but he also um, attacks me in the night. Like, absolutely, out of nowhere, he stealth sneaks around the house, and then he hunts my ankles and my feet. Now, he's only a kitten, so he's playing, but Jesus, he has a mouthful of needles. And, um, yeah, it's just... Now, I'm not particularly... I don't get... Well, actually, I am quite jumpy. I get scared at night. But um, <laughs> if you're walking through a house at night, it's dead quiet, and then from nowhere... It's just, whoomp, something's on your ankle and you feel pain. It doesn't matter what you're doing, what you're doing. You will make all kinds of weird sounds will come out of your body. You know, weird sounds will just emerge. And anything in your hands goes up and down, which means if you've got coffee, it hits a wall. It happens all the time. So I now have to constantly come in and I, I kind of stomp around. Because what I found that by stomping, the cat doesn't attack as much. She doesn't like the feeling. Anyway, what else? Um... Talking of that sociopath, no, I'm really joking. Um, so the Guy event. I said we're doing this thing with Mr. Guy Hollingworth. So, let me explain. This, I am unbelievably excited about doing this because 
Mr. Guy Hollingworth was a... I say was, well, he was a childhood kind of magical hero of mine. I, I really looked up to him. I read his book when I was um, maybe 16, something like that, and 15 maybe, and was unbelievably impressed with the stuff. I and mean, just a beautiful book, you know, really kind of feel that, that kind of art deco feel, but also feels like it was, already felt like it was an old magic book. These, you know, great illustrations and drawings. It had a real kind of gorgeous feel to it. And, and I was, you know... Um, really in awe of him and I just kind of I'm amazed that all these years later I'm now doing an event with Guy. Guy's coming here to the studio and we're doing two days where we're gonna, he's going to do a specialist um, unique lecture and break all this stuff down which is great and then I'm going to do um, a kind of a talk about my favourite thing of his and break that down and then we'll do like Q&As together. We're also going to do um, a jam session where him and I are going to just kind of sit down and jam card magic stuff. I'm also going to do an interview or interview him. Um, there's all kinds of bonus things we're going to do and basically going to be here in the studio for a couple of days and also the great thing is is that we get to hang out around that as well so we'll go out and have dinner and so the kind of you know child within me, this kind of magic child within me is kind of doing chimp flips you know just jumping for joy I mean I'm kind of um really really o over the moon um so honored that he'll do it um you know you must have those types of things before you meet someone in magic that you were like kind of oh my god I used to really look up to you all the time and it's a lovely feeling when those people don't disappoint of which guy doesn't he's the consummate professional an unbelievable gentleman um and just a thoroughly nice person super smart there's no level at which he would turn into a raging psychopath like the one that I've been dealing with for the past few months. No chance whatsoever. This man has class. <laughs> one day, by the way, I'll also tell you a story that... Uh, no! No! Ben! Ding! You were talking about Guy Hollingworth and a kitten. <sighs> so yes, that's what's happening with this Guy event this weekend the 21st and 22nd. And for those of you that are listening to this in the future, in which case you can't travel to the past, you kind of can, because those um, the recordings of that will be available at studio52magic.com. We're going to record all the stuff as well. But for those of you that are there live, you can actually interact, take part in the Q&A, and do all that type of stuff. And so all kind of crazy magic stuff is going to go on. I literally can't wait. It's going to be great fun. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Genuinely looking forward to that. Um, can't believe it. Guy Hollingworth and me in a tree. Yay! It's going to be fun. Uh, right, so uh, hopefully I'll see some of you there. It's going to be good fun. I'm supposed to say kind of like and subscribe and share, but I'm not saying it, right? Why? I can't be bothered. If you like it, you like it. And if you like it, why are you going to share it and whatever? Who cares? That's just me saying it. it won't make a difference. You know, it doesn't matter that you have to sit down and do these things and all this stuff. People don't like and share stuff, do they? They just don't. Uh, so look, you know what, if you want to, do it. If you want to, right? And you have this need, this tingling in your finger to kind of share, you know, and recommend this tingling, this need deep down, deep down in the groin, this this need, then look, by all means, I don't want to stand in your way. Um, but if you don't, then don't, man. Sit back, carry on eating those Cheetos or whatever it is you're doing or practice that side steal and don't. Just listen to that and... Um, yeah, that's fine. Anyway, so, right. Oh, that's enough of that. Good. I'll, I'll try and come back and do another podcast soon. Uh, until then, stay safe. I wish I had some kind of outro line here. Stay safe. I know, here's one. Stay safe and don't be a sociopath. Don't be some mad, narcissistic, selfish, lying, creepy little manipulative sociopath. Don't do that. Be like Guy. Ding! Do that. I'll see you guys soon. Hold up. 
This was a Studio 52 production. For more information, visit studio52magic.com or find us on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at Studio 52 Magic. <laughs>